Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the MBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel. As well as new content, we are making available selected podcasts recorded by our hosts prior to joining the MBN family. This is one of them, and so this podcast may refer to itself with a different name and identity. Enjoy the show. What's going on here is beyond normal. It's completely extraordinary in a very positive way. Business brings the world together. It may be quite brutal, it may be quite you know, simple, it may not be very intellectual or, or refined, but there's something about the entrepreneurship. There are only two kinds of people, that the ones that are discouraged by failure and the ones that are encouraged by failure. And that's what makes the difference. It's Innovation in Europe by Project Kazimierz. Now another episode with your hosts Richard Lucas and Samuel Cook. Hello again, Project Kazimierz listener. My name is Sam Cook, the co-host of Project Kazimierz, along with my uh, host uh, Richard Lucas. How are you doing, Richard? Very well. Good afternoon or good morning or good night, depending on what time of day you're listening, where in the world. <laughs> All right, Richard, uh, your your standard introduction. Uh, you always start out with evening, and, and today you had to say all of them. I, yeah, I wonder why the change, so. Um, <laughs> but okay, so we're, we're um, Richard and I have two uh, very interesting guests today. Uh, Paul Papa Dimitriou, uh, an entrepreneur turned lobbyist, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> innovation scout, world renowned keynote speaker, and early stage startup investor and advisor, and Ivan Hernandez, uh, former flying trapeze artist turned digital strategist. I'm going to have him explain that. Uh, an advisor to early stage startups and keynote speaker. And uh, Richard, um, as is standard, uh, introduced uh, Paul and Yvonne to myself, and uh, me and my team will do all the work producing this, and uh, we'll hopefully have a great conversation here. So Richard, I'm going to toss it over to you to do uh, an introduction. Why did you bring Paul and Yvonne to the show today? Well, there's two reasons, really. I've, I've met uh, met Yvonne and Paul, both at Bitspiration and the, the TechCrunch uh, non-Saturday conference. I was on a panel with, with Ivan there. And uh, so at one level, they're both, they're both interesting technology, technology people with a strong awareness of what's going on in Central Europe and Poland. But not only, uh, beyond that, beyond that, they also the co-founders of a of a podcast called the digital loop which means that you know as is often the case i get my best ideas from other people and they they started a while before (laughs) before me doing something that in fact you were part of making happen so i could say it's not exactly the digital loop podcast is the inspiration for project kashmir but certainly people doing what you're thinking of is highly motivating but i i and so i think that's enough introduction from me and maybe maybe uh, I, I think if you don't know what order to introduce people, alphabetical order is the right way to go. So maybe, Ivan, do you want to introduce yourself better than we can? Well, I, I just want to hear about the flying trapeze artist piece. Cause, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to join you guys. I've been listening to the, the episodes that you have uh, produced, and they are great. They are very, very interesting. So congratulations on the launch of your podcast. Um, yes, uh, I'm, uh, I'm originally from Mexico, um, but I've been living in Poland since 
since 1999. So I I am I speak Polish fluently with a very very funny accent, but uh, but uh, but I've been already based here for a while. Uh, I'm very I, I'd like to joke that I'm an honorary Paul by now. Um, and uh, in a previous life, I, yes, I used to be a flying trapeze artist. I I, I used to fly on the trapeze. Uh, and that's how actually I met my wife while I was working and traveling around the world. I work in 10 different countries. Uh, and while I was based in Turkey flying on the trapeze, I met this beautiful Polish girl um, that, uh, well, I taught her to fly on the trapeze. And I guess I let the lesson work out well because here I am 16 years later uh, with two kids, uh, married, and, and, and I'm very happy. So, so yeah, that's my story. And I was going to ask you what was her name, but uh... <laughs> her name is Magda Magda Hernandez. So so yes, uh, now now uh, Magda Hernandez now, uh, and uh, yeah, we're very happy here in Warsaw, having a great time, and and really really happy to be part of this new uh, race of innovation and startups that is happening in and the even region. Even if you want to have a private conversation with me, możemy mówić po polsku, bo jestem przekonany, że nie wiem czy pół tak dobrze, ale na pewno. Um, nie rozumie. I was just saying that if we want a private conversation, we can have it because I also speak Polish fluently in a very funny accent as well. well. Hey, watch out! I just took my first Polish session yesterday, Richard. So um, you might you might start to lose that competitive advantage, or at least you can't talk about me without me knowing what's going well, Paul, on. Paul, 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 how's your how's your how's your Polish? Well, it sucks. I mean, I've been I've been coming to Poland for what like five years now, like maybe three times a year, and it hasn't improved a bit. So I'm, I'm really sorry. You can lose me as much as you want. I will not understand not a thing. thing. <laughs> When I do business with some people, when they speak to me in English, I have no idea what they're talking about either. So it's, sometimes it's not just language, it's content. But let's hope that's not a problem for our listeners today. Well, uh, Paul, um, yeah, over to you. I guess you haven't met a Polish girl yet, which has brought, has brought you to Poland. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But actually, Yvonne, I was, I was kind of joking about what's, what's her name. Everyone I've met who's, who's, who's gotten uh, into Poland from outside is usually – met a girl i'm one of the ones that actually didn't move here for a polish girl which is interesting <laughs> well yeah you're an exception because you're absolutely right but actually it's something that happens in many many countries because when i moved to japan like almost like now eight years ago uh the same thing happens most of the expats you meet are there because they met a girl so it happens everywhere around the world uh so me uh Okay, my last name tells you that I'm Greek, but that's just not where I was born. I was born and raised in Switzerland. My mother was from Finland, so you can imagine the Finns being the toughest and the Greeks right now. Uh, so I have this kind of paradox within myself, right? Uh, so, yeah, but let's not talk... Yeah, exactly. Very hard on myself. Um, I, I always say that I work like a Swiss. So I, you know, I, I wake up every morning at six and I start to work at seven, but then I party like a Greek, which means I come home at 5 a.m. So it's kind of hard to find some sleep. Uh, so I'm born and raised there. Then I moved to, to Asia, so Japan. I moved to the Philippines as well afterwards. Many countries. I ended up in London three and a half years ago. I really love it. Besides the weather, it's just so theoretically we're in the summer and I'm looking at my office window and it's gray it must be like 18 degrees celsius so it's not that great <laughs> that's welcome to the british summer uh so i've what summer yeah, exactly uh we had a heat wave for two days uh last month that was our summer i think that's already gone so i just had one barbecue that's it uh so basically yeah i do uh i've done many things my my resume doesn't mean a thing uh, after university i opened a startup uh, that was in the 90s, a very different era. Then I moved on to other stuff in marketing. I ended up being a lobbyist. 
exist. And then one day I moved to Japan and I opened the company I have now. It's been eight years then. It was called Intelligencer. I mean, he went through a rebrand, but anyway. And I do, most of the stuff I do is helping uh, large corporations about innovation. That's how I make money, actually. And then, uh, of course, I invest in startups and advise startups as well, although there's way too many advisors nowadays. So I mostly try to invest and keep mum about it. Uh, but this is not where I make a lot of money because as an angel, it's, uh, you know, it's a numbers game. So it's uh, hard to uh, put enough uh, bets to make a lot of money so basically as an angel i always say it's money you can afford to lose but it's fun and i've invested actually in startups in poland as well uh so i didn't come to poland the first time because of a girl i came to poland the first time because a friend of mine alejandro barrera is spanish went to a, a, a conference he told me this country is amazing you should come and i went and then since then i've not been non-stopping going and that's where i met ivan uh, i think four years ago right Ivan? yeah that's right we met at a conference yeah and if I didn't inspire you to move to Poland. <laughs> no, well, you know, he's, he's kind of the odd one. You know, no blue eyes, no blonde hair. <laughs> exactly. So, well, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of kick this off with um, let's it's great to talk to fellow podcast hosts uh, and also uh, people who've been involved in the the conferences. Bitspiration, I, I saw you there um, at the last one. And, you know, finally uh, going into the angel investing world a little bit in Europe, which is, I think, um, different than uh, potentially the uh, angel investing world in the UK and the US, which um, mm -hmm. we've, we've had a few few investors come on the show and talk about the US versus uh, Europe. So I think those are the three main things uh, we'd like to talk about today. And, and first of all, um, how is the podcasting scene? Because when I met Richard, I think Richard... Um, you know, is approached by so many different people in Krakow who uh, have great ideas and, and, and want something and need something. And, and I've, I've had the great honor of getting to know Richard pretty well because I actually uh, do something that he's always wanted to do, which is podcasting. So uh, it's been great fun doing this show with Richard. And, and um, you guys have been at it a bit longer. What is the state of the podcasting scene in Europe? I, w I would say that podcasting in general has been seen some kind of a rebirth in the past two years. Uh, people have started talking about it more and more. I guess it's one one side is obviously because the tools have become more easily available. You used to have like to have like a recording studio if you want to do a podcast, so the quality was really bad. Now you can do like 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 we're doing today. You know, we're on Skype and using a software to record the tracks. You can do that on Google Hangouts. The price of microphones, the quality microphones have dropped, and people also have like time. You know, they have realized that uh, podcasting as a content creator. So you guys, it's sometimes it's not easy, but it takes. You know, you can do one hour content very quickly. Whereas if you wanted to write that amount of the stuff you'd need like a full day of writing and editing so that's one thing and on from the listeners point of view for the ones that want to learn about content it's also a very easy way you can do that while you run you can do that when you commute so it's 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 been uh it's been seeing a rebirth in europe it's been a bit late as usual as uh, compared to the us but we're seeing a great podcast being being introduced uh this is what we tried i mean again when Ivan and myself uh, thought about doing the podcast, it was like more like we don't have time to be very honest. We don't have time to write uh, blog posts all the time. So instead of doing that, let's have somebody else and we have a discussion like we're having today uh, once a week. Now it's less than once a week, to be very honest with you guys, because we're very busy. But this is uh, so I think it's a win win from the listener's point of view. It's easy. 
easy content to listen to and from the, uh, the content producers i mean maybe you have a different take sam but it's like it takes a, it's a different setup but it takes it's not that hard to produce i mean then the quality is hard i mean you have to keep like you guys you have to keep maintaining finding new guests etc cetera, etc cetera. so that can be a little bit exhausting but i think it's a it's only beginning and there's a spotify is a, has already introduced a podcast um section so we cannot register you and me guys uh, yet but Apple Music will also introduce a thing. So there's also, uh, in terms of uh, outlets where you can actually put the podcast, it's becoming easier to actually attract an audience. So I think this is why we're seeing uh, this rebirth of podcasts. And what sort of traffic are you getting as a matter of interest? Because when exactly did you start, and what, what's what's the traffic you're getting at the moment? How many downloads do you have on, on when you when you go up on iTunes and so on? So uh, the traffic, uh, and I promise I'm going to let Ivan speak, the traffic, because I have them in front of me. The traffic is, uh, so we started, let's, first we started, was it three years ago, Ivan, now? Two and a half years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two and a half years, almost three years ago. Yeah, yeah. so we do seasons. You know, we kind of mapped out, it's a bit silly, but it was a funny, you know, like our TV shows run for season one and 24 episodes, so we did that. We are in season three, episode 15, I think now. Uh, and so, but the first season when was almost everything was on YouTube. Uh, so I was, we, we were pushing really YouTube uh, a lot and we got for some episodes to 3,000, 4,000 views per episode. But then we figured at some point that, you know, basically it was just watching us talking in front of a microphone. It was not that interesting. So I started pushing a little bit more uh, the SoundCloud. So I put the podcast on SoundCloud. SoundCloud is a platform. It's like YouTube for sounds. It allows you then to uh, uh, syndicate the content to iTunes and other platforms. And this has been, it's been long, a bit longer to pick up. But I mean, the numbers is like probably overall we've had uh, on YouTube maybe four for 40,000 uh, views or maybe a bit, a bit more on SoundCloud. It's uh, reaching 50,000 listens uh, instead of views. And the website itself has, is, has less. The, you know, we, 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 you do a great job, by the way, guys, because you have a lot of content on the website. Uh, we have the, uh, we embed the sound, we embed the video as well because we keep uh, keeping the video because YouTube just stays potent. Uh, and then we put some links. You guys also do a transcript, which is very, very, very smart to do. I always thought about doing that. I never came around it. So congrats to you guys for doing this. And um, so the website has maybe a bit less, maybe what, five, six thousand views. Not like not like a lot because we don't really push the website. We really push the SoundCloud and iTunes. On iTunes, though, I've done a mistake at the beginning because I was, I was very uh, um, new at this, is I didn't actually put any uh, specific tracker. So I couldn't know uh, who, how many people were actually listening on iTunes? So that, <laughs> I, I have only very recent numbers because I switched the RSS feed. Well, yeah, and 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 I think you know one of the things that Richard and I um, this is a very interesting conversation for our listeners because most of our listeners are business executives of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, people who who aspire to um, this lifestyle and. And, and you brought up some really interesting points about podcasting and, you know, letting people b- behind the curtain. We, uh, we just started, I think, about two months ago, and we're approaching uh, 5,000 downloads. Actually, I think we're over 5,000 downloads, and we get about 1,000 listens per episode, um, or at least our first episode is about to hit 1,000. And, um, you know, but we had a pretty pretty focused launch strategy around it. We've done a little bit of advertising, although not a ton. Um, but uh, 
from our side and the way I do it, because I've, I've done it with my other company, Triathlon uh, Research, we, we do put quite a bit of work into it. It's, it's, it's actually quite a bit. Yeah, uh, there is. Yeah. Quite a bit of staff that does it. But, but I think what you're talking about is what all the things that we do, you don't necessarily need to do. You don't need to do the transcript. You can just put up a great uh, iTunes link and, and, you know, there's some, there's some tools on it. And one of these days, I think Richard will probably have to teach a local podcasting class in Krakow to help the local. Yeah, but that's, a th- I totally agree with you because, uh, and, the, and the other thing is that my philosophy always, always been ship it. And when we started that, when, when we met with Ivan, I came up with the, with the idea of recording. And then I think it was, and Ivan might correct me, but three weeks later, we were at Google Hangout or started recording. And I said, you know what? I don't, I didn't have, we didn't have like a USB microphones. We didn't have, I just set up a very quick website. At first, even the website was on Tumblr. So like free everything. I was like, ship it. And I will, uh, let's see if actually we can make it. And then, because I think the hardest bit in all in content creation in general, but obviously for podcasts is actually discipline is saying, okay, every week or every two weeks or whichever, uh, whichever timeline you decide, you go and you record and then you produce content on a regular basis so that your, your audience has an expectations of, of having quality content coming up. So this is the hardest bit. And then we started shipping around said okay now we improve the microphone improve the website now you know we have a website on squarespace which is better like so i i think i think uh most people i mean and you do a great job so good because you had uh you had the experience already probably by doing others but i think people should not uh should just start and do this just like record stuff it's very easy put it on soundcloud and just wait for it and then you know over time when you get used to it it's like like a startup at the beginning you don't have all the bells and whistles and that's fine i'm going to come in there because i think that on, on the one hand um you know is you're talking about like the eric reese sort of minimal viable minimum viable podcast right now but i think that uh, <laughs> at the same at the same time and it's a great idea but you, but you need to have a focus you need to know why you're doing it that you know the, the amount of like what you might call poor quality content out there is increasing and increasing. So I'd say that, you know, even if it's not like production wise, brilliant, if, if it's dull, if it's boring, then, you know, and if you go on iTunes and you like search for podcasts about some topic like yeah. digital marketing, you will find incredibly boring. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Yeah, and I, I would say that yeah, I, 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 would, I recently did the TEDx Kashmir and I, I was saying to the team, you know, yeah, we can have problems with the lighting. We can have problems with the registration. We can have problems with the problems with the um, you know with the seating. But we cannot have problems with the quality of the talks. So we live or die by the quality of the talks. And it's like a conference. You know, if the talks are boring, it doesn't matter how nice the sandwiches are, right? It's a sort of so. And, and in fact, Sam gave a very interesting talk, which isn't yet up on YouTube at TEDx, TEDx Kashmir. So I would say that I, w- I would encourage anyone listening who's thinking of doing it, if you're going to do a podcast, make sure that you know why your each episode is interesting, right? Yeah, and also I would add that there's a, because that was Sam's question, coming back to Sam's question about the state of podcasts in Europe and Eastern Europe, they're not that many yet. So there's like a big opportunity. A lot of people want to know what, what's going on, for instance, in Poland, you know, like all these uh, emerging markets uh, are interesting for here we're talking about entrepreneurship and and, and and startups, but I mean, I don't have access to content. I mean, I do myself because I go to Poland and because I know Ivan, because I know guys there, but I mean, there's a lot of people who want just like a bite-sized kind of uh, synthesizing what's what's going on. And a podcast is a great way. Uh, I mean, I know that Ivan listens to even more podcasts than I do. So Ivan, you could maybe uh, have a take on that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the, 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 as, as you mentioned earlier, um, podcasts represent a huge opportunity for, for, for individuals, for brands, for companies to, to distribute uh, interesting, relevant, entertaining, useful content. Uh, and this content at the end of the day, if, it's, if it has high quality, it's going to open doors. So when you talk about the opportunity to share your vision and share your ideas uh, in a way that actually it's, it's relevant and interesting, um, I think that this is a fantastic, fantastic tool um, to, to, to share uh, and to open doors. I mean, this is one of the things that we, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, our focus at the beginning was to start. We had uh, this uh, sense of urgency that once we decided that we're going to do this together, uh, it took us probably like a week or even less to just you know decide, establish, put the, st- put the things in place, and record. And then we, we haven't stopped since then, and we are very consistent. Of course, the, times, the time frame is not as, as, as disciplined as it used to be in the past, because both of us, Paul and I, we travel a lot. Um, we already had some, some episodes in which Paul was, I don't know, in Brazil, and I was in Dubai, or, or he was in, in Japan, and I was in, in, in somewhere else. So, so we try to keep going and keep the discipline, but, uh, but it has been a little bit difficult. So, so, so from that point of view, we have not been able to continue the, the once a week uh, way of doing things. Yeah, yeah but that, um, sorry to interrupt you, but that, and if for anyone who does, a, who does a podcast or any type of content, you just have to set the expectations. And at some point we'd said live on our show, we said, you know, guys, we're not going to be able to do once a week because that's just not possible because, you know, at the same time we have consulting work, we have other type of jobs. So when we just like kind of said, okay, now from now on, it's going to be every two to three weeks. And that works as well, because as long as the people know, they know uh, the, the, the worst thing. And especially at the beginning, you all have seen that, you know, you open a new blog because you decide I want to blog, you blog for two weeks and then you stop. And uh, because you say that there's no audience, nobody's coming to, to, to listen, to read you, but that's okay. At the beginning, when we started, there was no one actually listening to us. Okay. I didn't do the old advertising stuff at the beginning and I started later on, but that was okay. But a lot of people have, uh, I feel are feeling let down and said, Oh, I only have like, you know, maybe like 50 people listening. You know what? That 50 people, you come back to them and say, okay, why did you listen? Why did you like, why did you don't, you didn't like, it's like, like you said, earlier, Richard, it's, it's almost, you almost run it like a small startup. You say, okay, what is the, what is the stuff that we know how to do well and how, how can we improve? That's why I, I believe in a shipping thing. Uh, I'm sure that you guys, even though you've, again, I, I commend you for the quality of your website, but there's been, I'm sure, and I haven't listened throughout, the, I think eight episodes you've done guys, uh, there's been improvement already because you like, you're learning by doing as well. It's only by doing every, every, every week or so an episode, you're like, okay, this last time we didn't do right. This, this time we're going to do right. And this is the thing that I, w- I would call out, uh, uh, guys in, in Poland, uh, by the way, when I say guys are gender neutral, please do not understand that they're only talking to males. Just do it. Honestly, just do it. Even if it's crappy production in the beginning, if you have an interesting content, push it a little bit, you'll have listeners. Maybe you'll fail. That's fine. But at least you try. Yeah. And, and that's that's one of the things that I, I would just um, add on to, to what you guys had said. And if any of you listen to this show and have looked at our website and, and seen our video, um, that's, that's not what you need to get started. One of these things. And I think that, uh, talking to Paul, uh, and Yvonne here is a great, uh, encouragement because anyone who's in Poland listening to this, 
Um, you know, I'm here to tell you that I do this in a U.S. market. My podcast is a huge source of uh, marketing and branding and revenue for for me and my other company. And the only reason I went all out on Project Kajimej is I have I'm a publishing company and I know what right looks like. I know how to do it, and I have a staff that's been trained to do it. But that's not what you need to get started. And on my first podcast, we didn't do all these things the same way, and we've we've improved it over time and. The, the, the podcast that we're doing right now benefits from those systems. And, you know, I think one of the things that you guys, and I, I just love to share some stats with our listeners. We're on episode nine right now. And even if you think no one's listening, they are going to go back. And that's the beauty about podcasting is I remember, I remember last year I ran across Freakonomics radio and I spent like two months, all I was doing when I was traveling at the time was just walking around beautiful European cities in Spain and listening to Freakonomics. And in like two years, I feel like I got my master's in economics. So um, what what that did for me was, um, you know, people who are, who are podcasters, they'll find a show. And if it's good, no matter what episode they listen to, they go back. And I, I can tell you our stats, we've had 956 people look at, listen to our first episode with Richard and I, it was probably our worst quality recording we've ever done, but, <laughs> um, you know, it was good content. So I think that, that helps us out. But, you know, even this month, the first, the first month that had 695 downloads, the second month that had 204 and this month that has 57, you know, even this month with more and more episodes where people typically work their way back from back to front, absolutely. you know, we're still getting that. And, and it's just really interesting to see the statistics on it. And, and, you know, you say, well, someone, someone says, um, only 50 people. Well, can you imagine 50 people, you know, how many of you out there have given talks in front of a room full of 50 people? But what's amazing to me is, we have 500, 5,917 listeners. I, I don't think Richard and I have ever spoken in front of an auditorium like that, but we have that audience um, through the, through this podcast, and it's just getting started. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, think, I think there's another point here, which is like, you know, I'm, I'm a reasonably well-established business guy here in here in, in, in Poland and the UK and America, and uh, Sam's got a background in publishing, and you guys weren't, weren't nobodies when you kicked it off. But it, the key thing is this question of why, the power of why, that you need to know why you're doing it. And, you know, you could, it could be you're a, you're, you run a fishing club in, in, in Somalia, and you do the webpage for your fishing club. And if you start podcasting about the challenges of doing that in your the, the world is moving to micro niches where you have communities of interest rather than communities of geography and what that means is that you know for all you know there's some with a very similar challenge in peru or or or, or in botswana or in you know the, the north of ireland and thanks to the power of the search engine uh, and, and these global communities if you're speaking about problems that are interesting to you uh, there, there will be people out there who share, share that interest who you would never ever meet and you know we're for slightly geeky business tech guys and there will be people out there who find what we're talking about very boring but that doesn't matter because there are there should be people out there who find what we're talking about interesting right Exactly. That, that's one of the points that I wanted to make, that you never know who's listening. And and, and uh, we, I mean, I remember I was very surprised a couple of years ago, I was in Dubai uh, having some meetings. And uh, during the meeting, one of the ladies in, in the at the meeting said, uh, you know, all of a sudden she just say, sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to tell you that I love your show. And I'm like, oh my God, really? You're listening to the digital loop? And she's like, yes. I mean, in the middle of the conversation, she started quoting our, you know, two, three, four, five episodes, some of the discussions that Paul and I had. 
had. And and I thought that that was very, very interesting. And uh, I don't know, uh, last year we were in Lebanon, both Paul and I spoke at a conference in, in Beirut. And uh, we had people there coming to to, to thank us about the, the, the content that we're sharing and saying that they, 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 they are fans of the show. So again, you never know who is listening. And uh, the, the, the message that you are sharing it might be relevant and it might be something important and valuable for somebody in the other side of the world. So uh, I think that this, uh, this is as a medium, it's a really, really, really powerful medium for you to build your position in the market. I mean, I can say from personal experience, uh, I had many, many new interesting opportunities because of the podcast. Uh, I have been the, twice the official blogger of the web, one of the biggest events in, in, in Europe uh, because of the podcast. I mean, I went there as the digital loop and I had the opportunity to 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 to, to take, uh, you know, to, to be there as the official blogger of the event. I had the opportunity to meet a lot of really interesting, influential people that have an impact on me and, and everything because, you know, a couple of years ago, two guys having a beer decided to, you know, what the hell, let's try this thing. So so you never know. You, you just need to go for it, try it, and, 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 you know, some really, really interesting things might happen. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, what tends to happen in podcasting, particularly the American ones, is that all the popular ones interview each other to help boost uh, boost each other through their own audiences. And there's a slight danger of us starting congratulating each other. And the fact is that we are four extremely intelligent, interesting people, right? So it's it's obvious that it's obvious that our listeners are going to find us fascinating. Apart from that, we're also very good looking, which also helps. Uh, but, well, well, on the podcast, I'm not sure about that. But, but, but we have the perfect faces for radio. I'd say you you guys are on YouTube, but but. but but the point is that I would also say that, you know, in fact, you never get anywhere in life without the risk of failure. And suppose you try this yeah, and, no one and it doesn't work out. At least you try. You know, it's, yeah, it's like, so what? You know, exactly. so what? You know, uh, you, you don't want to die thinking, I bet I could have had a podcast that would have been hugely successful. If you tried it, well, that was one of the things you didn't work in your life. And I've had many failures. So, but I would, I would say that remember, if you put a bunch of money into marketing a product, a product company with a bad product, you kill the company quickly. That, you know, do focus on making it interesting. Have an idea of your target listener and make it interesting for that girl, woman, or type of person, right? And and one final thing as well is uh, is obviously what you guys you said okay we are we're, we're congratulating each other but inviting guests is also very uh, very potent because obviously then you rely also on others people you know network to kind of enhance the audience size so it's also that works very well and it doesn't have to be because again some. I meet people, I mean, we all, I'm sure we all meet people say, I want to do a podcast, but I cannot get to interview, I don't know, my, Gary Vandershark. I'm like, you don't have to interview Gary Vandershark. There are other people that might be interesting. They might not be as well known, but they might be very well known in a very small community in one city in Poland, for instance. And that's good enough. And then you expand over this because, again, people come back. We have requests from people say, I want to be uh, interviewed by you guys. And they said, oh, I don't. There was... Uh, I was in Prague for Microsoft Disclosures client and the guys, they came to me and started talking about a podcast. I was like, Ivan was like, what? Okay, you're listening to it? And they were like, oh, so it, how do we get on it? So we ne that never came to fruition. But I mean, people are asking as well. And you never know where it comes. I, I do, I run another podcast called uh, Layovers, which is very niche. It's about um, aviation. So basically our travel innovation, so all the apps and stuff with another friend of mine. Same thing happens. We started doing that maybe like three months ago. Uh, with all the lessons learned from Digital Loop. And 
I have people from, you know, Emirates that want to, 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 that want to be on the interview on the podcast. I'm like, okay, well, I was not expecting that. I was expecting just to, to talk to five people, right? So you never know. And you should, so I would just encourage people to ship it. Just go ahead. Do so. it's, it's cheap to do it nowadays. Exactly. And moving on to one of the reasons we're doing yes. we're doing this, uh, Sam and I are doing this, is we, we want to promote this re- region and put interesting people, projects, and ideas on, on the stage. And as you say, they don't have to be people who are known. Uh, sometimes they're really cool people who deserve the international attention, even if they don't have it. And of course, doing it in English is very important because it means that you know people who are really interesting to the rest of the world, English is almost everyone's second language if it's not their first language. And obviously, if you do it in Polish, it does limit you, uh, limit you to a certain proportion of the planet, which is a small one but in terms of the the kind of technologies and this is maybe for both of you maybe more for Paul as an angel investor what type of technologies and businesses do you like to invest in and do you see as the sort of high potential ones from from I don't know Central Europe in general or Poland or for that matter Krakow in particular well, I wouldn't say because again, I'm an angel, so I don't. I'm not a billionaire. So it's not as if I can invest well, in a lot of fun. You're, 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 you're not yet a billionaire. It's, <laughs> oh, he's waiting for one of those angel companies to make him one, right? So, <laughs> so I mean, it's a numbers game, as I said. But I, usually, I invest in uh, in people. In people, uh, that's the first thing to be honest, because the idea. Everybody has great ideas. I mean, a lot of people have crap ideas as well, but a lot of great ideas. I see them all the time. At the end of the day, I strongly believe in ideas and. And obviously, the execution of the idea will be the the the, the, the cross the matter. Which, by the way, very little parenthesis. This is why I have a strong opinion about people talking about copycats. You know, we have Rocket Internet not very far from you guys. It for me, it's okay to copy. I mean, this is maybe the subject for another podcast because at the end of the day, the, no one has an original idea. Ideas have always been around, and everything is a remix, and you just find a new, a different take on an idea, or maybe you you find the same idea to somebody else on the other side of the world. That's okay. At the end of the day, it's your execution. So I've invested in two uh, Polish startups. Uh, one is uh, Seed Labs. You must know these guys, obviously. Uh, it's uh, so it's IoT Play basically, uh, and the other one is called. NativeDap.io, it's a testing tool for a mobile. Why those companies and not others? Because I've seen, for instance, I remember meeting Estimote back in the days. I didn't invest, I passed on that. Was it a mistake or not? I, I, I never know. I don't tend to think like this. Uh, it's not... Poland has a great quality of engineers. Uh, this is, I think, the reason that Google has invested so much in, in, in being present in the country because the quality of the engineers is extremely high. The quality of the business and marketing is not opposite, but I would say it's not that high, right? This is where people need a more people skills. And that's a bit the, 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 the reality in the entire uh, Eastern Europe market. I, I invest mostly, I would say 90% of my investments are in emerging markets, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, South America, and Southeast Asia. Uh, the, there are a lot of comparisons between the three regions there. But one thing that is uh, that sets uh, Central and Eastern Europe apart is that there's a very engineer-driven, uh, I meet, consistently meet very high-quality engineers that have, uh, but they just don't know how to sell their IDs. So uh, 
do is there a type of technology I invest in no uh i tend to invest in stuff i can understand but i don't i don't always invest in stuff that i fully understand for instance when i invested in seed labs i understood the concept i understood that internet of things is something that is going to grow bigger because i i follow the trends that are happening obviously in terms of all the um, all the you know the, the explosion of devices of uh, machine to mach machine communication so i said okay this is something that could work. Now, do, am I a specialist in IoT? No, absolutely not. I just thought that these guys had, a, had an interesting angle. I might fail. Uh, same for the for the mobile, uh, the, 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 the native tab.io. Uh, they came up with an ID. There's a fragmentation on, in, in, in Android uh, devices. Everybody knows there's like a thousand, thousand Android devices. It's very hard to uh, develop for uh, Android devices and be sure that your app is actually consistent on every single Android device. They provide a solution for that that I found interesting. Are they competitors? Yes. Are they? Do they have a unique take? I believe so because I, I did my due diligence as well. Uh, so this is where I the in, but the the two think the 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 commonality between these two investments. If I only talk, talk about Poland, were that they were extremely good engineers. So they were delivering the idea now. The reason I invested in those and not in others, very good engineered companies I've met, is that because in these two cases, the people who run the business side of things, so Rafal Han and Inavir Kretsch, they are very good at getting shit done, basically. And that's what that's what are going to set you apart, because if you go, whether it's in London or the, the Valley, New York, and you don't have people skills you don't have this kind of quality of of you know getting shit done in front of very strong opponents you, you're going to be eaten alive and even if you have the greatest idea in the world you're going to be eaten alive sadly maybe but by the, by the way paul and that's for you too i please at the, the end of this send us a link send us uh, an email with the links to the companies of course we know about seed labs but you know we we make a kind of show notes summary with links and okay, that, okay. That, that that'll be valuable and you know i can just echo that i i invest in in people i i, I passed on seed labs i did invest in estimate you never know and i always say the test of any business idea is do you have more money afterwards than before <laughs> and, and um you know that hasn't that hasn't yet um um, uh, um that that hasn't yet uh, happened in those cases but, 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 but let me just add something. I mean, this is interesting because, okay, we are engine investors, but this is not something that scales in the end. At the end, what you need, you need, you need VCs, you need actual, and there's a lot to say about some of the VCs in, in Poland. I'm not going to name anyone, but there's a, the system framework is not always great in Poland. It happens in others, it's in European countries, but there's, you need, you need a, I hate that term because it's been overused. You need an entire ecosystem for startup to thrive, for ideas to thrive, for people to meet each other. So I know Krakow has done a great thing with OMG Krakow. They started kind of jumpstart the entire, just people meeting each other. So allowing ideas to flourish because you meet other people, but then you need a framework. Uh, and more, more, you know, as a, as a fellow angel investor, there's basically there's two ways to make money and what well, I made three one is of course you can sell on secondary shares but what is basically to have the route to an exit whether it's an IPO M&A this is where you can actually where actually your your paper cash will transform into real money 
And that's the problem in most of emerging markets is that what I've seen in the past five years is that there's a big play into putting, you know, there's a lot of money available, uh, either from the government, uh, the EU, and that's for me, that's a problem in, in Poland, but that's, I can, we can talk about that later, but you need, you need money in the system, but money is always in the system. There's always people with money. I know it doesn't sound like that when you're 18 years old and you're trying to raise money, you're like, wow, I cannot find it, but there is money. The problem is you have, everybody has to it's not about a startup finding money. It's about the VC or the angel making money. And if you're a VC, you have your LPs, the people investing in your fund have to make money. And in order for that, you have to have banking regulation, financial regulations that are open. You have to have very easy way path for cross-border uh, investment. You have to have, uh, especially you have to have... Um, a very easy way for MAs. And that's more often than not the problem in emerging countries that the governments are pushing uh, into like finding um, money. But again, that's not the issue. It's because it's so much harder to deregulate the financial system because this is where the crux of the matter. I want you, Richard, or me, but we are small fry compared to VCs potentially. VCs need, they have a, actually they have a, a fiduciary obligation to make money, to make returns for their own investors. So you have to have a framework. And this is what, if there's one thing that I would say in governments, is this is where they should look at. They should actually make it easier for everybody to make money. Thus, then startups will actually also get a reason, these, uh, funds easier. Yeah, it's, inter it's interesting mentioning the role of the government because I, very often people mistake action for positive action. And there's a lot of people in Poland, and not only Poland, who, who find the way the EU runs its projects positively disruptive in a bad way because they make it so easy to get money to do stupid things and so hard to get money to do sensible things that it's, it's quite, it's quite uh, distorted. <laughs> No, it's actually very, it's actually very easy because when you, Richard, when you put your money into a company that applies to any angel, any VCs, you making, you not, you're playing either with your money with other people's money, but you have to win. I mean, overall, otherwise you're losing your money, which is fine. You can never, you can decide that you want to lose your money. A government doesn't have the same incentive, so that it doesn't decide the same way. It's, it's the 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 funds that the EU provide is great. I'm not saying that they should stop providing it, but it it's not doesn't have the same incentive. The returns are not there. So they can, the way, if you have to invest your money because you have to win, you don't do it the same way that if you have, if you invest your money because it's just available. It's so a fundamental, fundamental law of economics that people behave differently when they're spending their own money and when they're spending somebody else's money. And that's even true, not in the government, like people working for corporations, you know, you, you, you're selling to someone spending IBM money. It's a different sale. So you're selling to the same guy as a private, private individual for lots of very, very obvious reasons. So, I certainly think we're on the same page there, and certainly the role of the government is is important. And you know, when and we we have the various initiatives here in in the region, Małopolska and in Krakow, where the government's behind it. And I think one of the most important things is for the government people to start showing up and attending the networking events, which they sometimes do, because the last thing you want is an entrepreneur. And you know, I, there are these public policy committees where you know basically it's like um, I don't know, it's like attending a very 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 boring board meeting. Meeting. You know, you, you sit up growing old in this meeting where politicians aren't listening <laughs> at all. They're, they're telling you all about all their terrible programs and you're just wanting to rip your hair out because you can't even put headphones on and listen to listen to the Digital Loop podcast because that would be rude. And it's it's a kind of, uh, you know, it's much better for people to meet each other. And I think one of the advantages of, of these networking meetings is that you do get the confrontation with reality that 
at one of the open coffee meetings, some guy came up with an interesting idea, and I just said, "Okay, well, how, how much money do you want uh, for your idea? For your idea, and what share? Uh, what share do you want in return?" And he just said, "I want as much money as possible." <laughs> I said, "Do you have a valuation?" He said, "No." And I said, "Look, even if you've got no idea how to outvalue your business, if you say that, it just shows you're not worthy of investing. You need to say, I, I want 163,000 euros because <laughs> it gives the sense you have a plan, right? And you need to you need to educate people about about what people with money want, right?" But I think it, it, it's, it has become that my experience over the last now almost five years I've come to Poland in that I cannot say I know it well, but I know it quite well. I've seen a huge difference already. The, there's a, it's, it's not a mature market, obviously, yet, but I mean, there are major, major differences in how people, it, there's still a big need of education, but that happens everywhere. Come on, even if I, I meet entrepreneurs in even New York, they have no clue what they're doing. And that's fine because when I was 20, I had no clue what I was doing. So that's okay. Even if I'm, now I'm 40, almost 40 and I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm 49 doing, but, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, the, the, but the point is, is that the trend is positive. There's still, I mean, I'm sorry that I was almost ranting before, but I think the trend is extremely positive. I've seen a lot of stuff happening. There was almost no sense of ecosystem five years ago. And now they are, uh, of course, majorly in Krakow and Warsaw, which almost are, even, though, even though if the size of the cities are not the same it feels like the size of the ecosystem are are almost the same because they're two different ecosystems but they kind of work already quite well and this is something that we've seen great companies coming out there's been and you need that you need for an ecosystem to survive uh and to thrive you need as well examples heroes in the world so of course when estimote when i went through a yc so y combinator in the us and other these are the type of things that like make other people believe that, oh, it's possible. You know, like it's not only thinking about, oh, I'm going doing something in Krakow, but maybe tomorrow I can be in London, I can be in Shanghai, I can be, I can expand globally. I can, it's possible. I'm not saying that you have to do it, by the way. Let's, let me be very honest here. I'm not saying that every company has to expand or has to leave to, to go to San Francisco, but it's possible. There's a sense of the possible. And I think this is something that wasn't there. When I was talking to young entrepreneurs 20, um, sorry, five years ago, for instance, well, the first time I talked to the guys from uh, Estimote, I think that was actually five, four, four and a half years ago, you could feel that they were like a bit, they didn't know what they were doing, obviously, but they also didn't know what was possible. Now, when I meet entrepreneurs nowadays in Poland, they have a much better understanding of the reality. Of course, they still don't know what they're doing and they still may be dreaming, and, but that's fine because that's what, how you succeed. If you think too much, you don't succeed. So, but. So the trend is very positive in Poland, but again, I'm an external point of view. Maybe Ivan has a different take. I don't know. Well, I, I would. I just like to step in here because I, I'm the only non-angel investor here, um, and and I actually joke about that. But I, actually, I, I was thinking through it here, and I'm actually an angel investor. When you when you look at your own my own company, I've probably put in about a, as much as an angel investor would have put in. Actually, between me and my family, I guess. Uh, the old saying, you know, friends, fool and fools and family, um, <laughs> you know, that's how I've gotten to the business to where I am right now. But you, you bring up a very interesting point um, about the ecosystem in Poland is, is I've probably, I don't, I don't even want to go add it up, but I've, I've probably put in um, well over uh, $300,000, $400,000 combined into our business Um and that's that's a substantial amount of money that's that's gone into building this over the last three years, and um, you know just came to the point recently where we started uh, developing a business plan and seeing um, you know where the growth opportunities are and, and coming up with that number like Richard says you know wh what do you need and you know what would you do with it and in fact Richard helped me uh, formulate that question for myself um, as we've been putting together this plan 
And I, I am struck by the lack of ecosystem here financially for those people who I think there's plenty of people now who are willing to angel invest. And it's not expensive to be an angel investor in Poland. But the, the next level of capital is is not quite there yet. And that's a big gap in the system. But one of the other points you brought up is, you know, people like Ev or people like Alamade and, and Jakub and, you know, Base and Estimode and these other companies that are going to the Valley are really kind of blazing this trail where every young entrepreneur in Krakow and you, you speak to them, they're like, I want to do what those guys are doing. And they see that path and that example. And, and I can tell that there's going to be a lot of other companies who are going to make that effort. And some of them are going to be successful. Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I would add, and I know I've been talking too much, then I'll shut up, but I would add that the other also um, engine of growth of an ecosystem is you have to have serial entrepreneurs. And only you go to the Valley, you make it successful. And that's something that's missing in Europe. You make it successful, uh, and then you come back and you start again, and you start again, and you start again, and you start again. I mean, serial entrepreneurship, I'm not saying that everybody has to do it, but having a few examples of serial entrepreneurs is extremely extremely useful as well because they they are again role models but they also kind of give back in a way to the community to the ecosystem and they actually make that engine running running and this is something that you see in the obviously in the valley i mean nobody can re replicate what happens in the valley and that's fine but one of the engine is that i make an exit i become a VC, I become an angel, I invest in friends, and then I, I do another project, and another one, and another one, and another one. And this kind of this engine that keeps keeps going. And I've seen that happening in emerging markets when you have someone very successful, for instance, I've seen that in Brazil, goes in the valley, make it very big, comes back. And of course they come back. It doesn't, say, it doesn't mean that you have to come back and live there, but you come back and say, okay, I'm going to do another startup from here. Maybe I'll travel, etc. That works very well. That also gives... It's a very, you know, I, I know that uh, an ecosystem cannot be built out of role models, but if you don't have role models, there's no ecosystem either because people just don't believe it's possible. Exactly. That's why Piotr Willen with his innovation. Yes. And it's, yes. Like, yeah. and it's actually in a country like Poland where like post-communist capitalism is quite new. It's really important because like a lot of people have this vision of what you do when you get rich is you buy a big house with a swimming pool and you sit there showing off, <laughs> you know, that's and like Piotr made his fortune. He, he was on the, you know, probably still is on the rich list for Poland with his yeah. with, with Onet, which is like Onet, the, yeah. the equivalent of uh, Yahoo. It's not like Google, but but uh, he set up this fund, and you know he's a really nice regular guy. He shows up, he he's ready to chat to students, and suddenly it's a different vision of what it means to be successful and wealthy. And so I think that role model is really important. Just a few days ago, um, Sam and I were interviewing a friend of mine called Peter Cowley, who came to came to a, a Bitspiration and um, spoke on a panel there, and he he's angel investor of the year in the uk and we were asking him like what his and you know he's he's successful enough not to work but he does it he does it because he wants to it's, it, it gives his life meaning and there's this idea that it's, it's certainly not for everyone but it's very important to have those people out there and you know what we are at the beginning of the road here in, in in the sense that there aren't that many wealthy people out there you always will find the money if you look hard enough but but it, it but at least at least it started here um so we, we talked about the kind of companies to to invest in. What about the the because one of the things I like about your your podcast is your focus on new technological trends and what what are the trends that you think are 
the most relevant for for this region in terms of and you've obviously invested in internet of things and you know maybe it's just going to be the same buzzwords mobile and mobile and iot but other other things going on that you guys think are important that maybe maybe you've got like uh, your own particular take on the there are trends which you think other people haven't spotted Ivan, I'll let you take that one. Nice easy question. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, w- one of the things that the, the, the trends and the topics that we've been talking about in our podcast for some time is connected with with uh, what what uh, uh, Robert Scott calls the age of context. Something that we notice is the fact that these forces are converging. These are five forces that are are converging and are having an impact across across different different sectors, across different industries. Uh, we're talking about mobile social media, uh, data, sensors, location, when all these forces combine, really, really interesting things start to happen. And, and basically what's happening is that all these forces are combining in our mobile phones. So what's happening now is that uh, technology is it's, it's coming to a point that is starting to get to know more about, about consumers and about users. And companies that are able to understand this, to, to, to get all this information, uh, understand it, and focus on adding value uh, are the companies that are actually making a big difference and are the companies that are going are gonna to kill it in the market. So I think that companies that are really understanding the concept of uh, uh, you know, connecting uh, ways to add value, whatever that value is for that specific uh, user or individual, and developing an, a, a formidable user experience are the companies that are going to make make uh, a big have a, have an impact in the market. So I'm not going to say that it's a specific technology. It's not like you know, uh, Internet of Things. That's the way to go. No, it can be a combination of everything. It can be a combination of again sensors with mobile with social media. You connect those forces together, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a new service, a new app, a new way of doing things comes up and, 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 and has an impact on the market. If you think about you know, the big players as Uber, Uber and Airbnb, these are companies that, are, uh, under, that understood these forces, that understood the power of connectivity with the power of location, with the power of mobile, uh, social media, and so on and so on. So, so I, I, in my opinion, that's that's those are the a combination of those five forces is where where we're going now. I would I would add uh, that also we have to think about the unseen, so the foundation. So basically, we know that you know everybody nowadays talks about automation, artificial intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of pieces in those trends that are so mach- machine learning is one. And again, when I see the quality of the engineers in Eastern Europe and Poland in particular, these are stuff that might not be well understood by the general public because it's not consumer facing, but there's a lot of underlying technologies that you need uh, nowadays in order to like what Ivan just mentioned, the agent contest, you need to contextualize all this data into an experience for the user. But for that, you need uh, the, all the engine running behind it. And I've, I've met some amazing uh, ideas uh, in Eastern Europe recently about, you know, uh, enhancing machine, machine learning comprehension, et cetera, et cetera. So these are the kind of stuff that are harder to comprehend, but that are very, very potent. Uh, and you might not read about them a lot in TechCrunch, et cetera, because of course they are, again, they are very difficult to understand. I've also seen startups doing uh, a new type of, of, of servers. I, I, I would be lost if even if trying to describe what they did, but what they pitched me, it was like okay this is something that will have that could have at least an impact uh that again we 
you might not see, but so the all underlying technologies that sits behind all the stuff that we see is very, uh, very uh, is crucial, and especially it's um, it leverages the, a very high quality of engineers, and that's the stuff that is existing in in Poland, and I believe that that's uh, something I would look at. But again, it's harder to understand. I think the more and more we're going, uh, you know, the whole all these things are getting faster and faster, obviously, and the more the uh, we will see uh, startups and people doing stuff that we're not exactly sure what they're doing, but we understand that they make an impact on then the results we're seeing as consumers. And I think this is very uh, also one very big trend. I don't know if I would be able to invest in any of these because some of the stuff, I mean, I've met some PhDs recently, I think it was eight months ago in Poland, uh, doing something about image recognition. Honestly, I understood the the concept and understood the, the potency of the idea for, for, for businesses, but it's so complex that if I have to do due diligence, I would be lost because I'm like, how the hell can I supposed to compare that with other technologies, especially because no one talks about them because again, they're very uh, behind the scenes. But I think this is where there's a lot of potential and also probably a lot of money to be made. Yeah, interesting. The concept of due diligence for anyone listening who's not, due diligence is like a, a checking things out phase before you make an investment in this financial di- Due diligence, where you you check out the person's solvent and doesn't uh, doesn't have any sort of like the, the the numbers they've given you are true. Then there's technical due diligence, where ideally you find someone who knows the area you're thinking of investing in and can give you an op- opinion. Right, right. And that's where Peter Peter Cowley, who's invested in a lot of tech businesses, not necessarily online businesses, but hardcore technology businesses. You know, in Cambridge, UK, there's great engineering technical resources. Absolutely. There's this nice nice fact about Trinity College, Cambridge, having more Nobel f- Prize winners than France as a country, which is a great thing. I'm partly French, so it's okay for me to make jokes about about the French. But there's, uh, you know, having access access to those well, people. About, if you're English, you're allowed to make fun of the French. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> We've already had a French entrepreneur, Vincent Vergenjean, who did a great a great podcast a few a few days ago. And, you know, we are internationalists here on this program. I think we should... I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to another French that lives in uh, Shenzhen, because that's another trend. Of course, the hardware is becoming, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff was, were obviously was, uh, was software and estimotic kind of did launch a trend, but like was very early that understanding that, that now all this uh, disruption comes to hardware as well. But hardware as one added layer of complexity is that you actually have to produce it at scale. And almost only Japan, uh, sorry, China can do that. Uh, and so I'll introduce you to a guy who lives there that runs an accelerator of the Shenzhen because that's fascinating. And I think these are lessons learned as well from guys from Estimote where they had to scale suddenly their their, their the creation of their of, of their product. It, it's 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 hard. It's still very hard. It's not at your doorstep. You have to figure out ways for the supply chain, etc. So I, 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 I bought a scanner do sky, which is this wonderful iPhone synchronizing thing you press against your forehead and it takes all your bio measurements like your your pulse and your blood pressure and so on. And it broke after a week. And I'm just a typical, it's not like I treat my stuff well, but I didn't treat it badly. And even with a sort of like $25 million funded hit on Kickstarter, it's hard to make things really well. Uh, it's really hard. It's really hard. And uh, so it's just to, to jump on what you said about uh, Cambridge and number of, of Nobel Prizes. Uh, that's another thing where, again, I know that when you, especially when you're younger, and I'm not saying that because I'm older, but when you're younger, it's true that the things you see in front of you are mostly consumer stuff, right? And this is where you, you apply uh, uh, disruption, disruptive ideas to use that word, that's overused word. Uh, but 
I believe that, like I said earlier, that there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes happening. And if you look at other models, you mentioned Cambridge, but if you look at India, or if you look even at Switzerland, what they do with, with the technical universities, they are the two, one in Zurich and one in, in Lausanne, they're extremely, extremely, extremely well done. And they are a different model of ecosystem. A lot of people think that, oh, the only way to do an ecosystem will be something similar along to what happens in the Silicon Valley, which, by the way, they forget that a lot of universities are involved, but anyway. But there are other models. They, so... If I were a Polish government, I would. It's it's less as a as a politician. You cannot sell it as well because it's easier to sell that. Uh, oh, the next Facebook is going to come out of Poland than to say the next whatever database technology is going to come out of here. But I think there are also fundamental technologies because again, there's this is a comparative advantage that there that exists in in Poland in terms of engineering. So I think in, uh, these sort of models can also be applied. And you just mentioned Cambridge. I mean, they're like. Um, Techstars uh, is is one. They have a program there with obviously do hardware. This is the kind of stuff that could be potentially replicated in in Poland to make use of to show again to show the local entrepreneurs, especially those that might not even think themselves as entrepreneur. Because maybe if you're an engineer, if you've got a PhD in engineering, computer engineering, you might not see yourself as an as as, a, as an entrepreneur. But to show them, you know what. You can be one, and here's why. And you put them in front of people that have gone through Techstars Cambridge and like, oh, oh, there's stuff to be done. Me too. I don't have to do a Facebook. I could do this or that. I think this is also very important. And also the, the ability to realize that being successful isn't about doing it all yourself. That, you know, if you can, you can, a guy, there was a guy, a couple of guys at Open Coffee Krakow this morning, which we held in CoLab, a co-working center uh, in which I'm involved as a shareholder. And, and then, you know, there was one guy showing up saying like, I'm basically, I'm a geek and I'm looking for a, uh, uh, I'm looking for a co-founder. Another guy was saying, I'm looking for a technical co-founder. And you, know, you could be a hardware guy who can make stuff and you need a software guy or you need a marketing person. And, you know, for the guy who's brilliant at coding he may be absolutely not the guy who can stand in front of a crowd and make a pitch and you know it's getting it's is, is the sort of if you like the sort of the startup community habits or the silicon valley habits of getting together with people and forming teams is something that can apply to all sectors of the economy and does right correct and i will uh i know sorry guys i talk too much uh but there's uh i mean we tend to talk we tend to think this is kind of narrative bias. We tend to think that innovation comes out of startups. But let's not forget, a lot of innovation comes actually for very big co companies. I mean, uh, not everything can be done on a startup level. When you think about, I don't know, finding, I've met this uh, pharma company that are about to release, I cannot say the name and whatever, they other release like a vaccine for cancer. I mean, there's no way you could have done that with five people in coding, right? So uh, you have, we have to sometimes kind of step back and say, okay, there's we have as well to kind of, bridge with the corporate world, not only for a partnership, not only for finding us clients, but also because the corporate world, not all of them, some of them are crap, obviously, but they need, they have this mental block about how to find innovation, some of them. And I think there's also a very big opportunity there to kind of bridge that with corporate world and to help them to say, okay, look, I mean, Imagine, imagine corporate well as being someone who just forgot how to imagine. Sometimes it's just that. You show them, and I do that as part of my job, you show them the same way we said about uh, young entrepreneurs, you show them it's possible. You show them it's possible to, I don't know, release an app within 30 days. If you say that to a, to a corporate uh, person, you will say, that's impossible. We need six months, and then we need 12, and that's going to be 18 in, in reality. Show them it's possible to do something in 30 days. Show them, basically, you have to show them to, to teach them how to fail fast all the time. I know it's hard, and it's a big undertaking. Not everybody are, will understand it, 
But I believe you can, we cannot just dream about a future and dream a future will only be startups. You live in Poland, I live in the UK. There's still like massive amount of big corporations around us that not all, all of them are bad and we can actually bridge with them. And I think this is something that could be done in Poland. I mean, instead of just complaining about how crappy they are and how bad the service they are, maybe as well push them into adopting some of the technology, into adopting some of the right mindset as well there, because that will help the entire ecosystem as well. And also in terms of mindset, I think that the, the, we live in a world that's different in terms of communication from the way the world has ever been until now. And for example, the, the, the most successful company I invested in the UK, Vantage Power, uh, founded by Alex Shea, who was a student from Imperial College London, which is a hybrid diesel electric bus engine. You know, I heard that guy being interviewed on, on the BBC. I contacted him and a few weeks later, we were shaking hands. And you, you really can these, and I'm, I may be an extreme, extreme case of, of risk taking, but you really can approach anyone, anywhere these days. And you obviously, we communicated by email, by Skype, we chatted to each other, we did meet each other, but it really is the case that if you come across someone doing something cool somewhere else in the world, there's nothing to stop you getting in touch. And if they say no, well, they just say no, but they may say yes. And it's, it's absolutely incredible how how far you can get if you're simply ready to pick up the phone. I always recommend, I, I do recommend the phone or, or the Skype before the email if you possibly can, because you learn so much more about people when you're talking to them than when you're emailing them. But, but one way or another, you can get to people these days you can check them on linkedin on slideshare um, there are so many ways to get to people if you want to right agree well richard one, one of the uh one of the things uh, i think paul you, you brought up a a great point and and richard you know you're talking about the next steps and the next technology and, and i think people you know i'm a historian and uh, people ask me to predict or you know comment on something that just happened and, and I'll say, well, give me 20 years and I'll tell you because, you know, I, li I love the opportunity of hindsight. But as investors, you don't have that that luxury and, and you're really betting on the future and, and trying to make some intelligent uh, guesses. And one of the things I think that I know historians, uh, policymakers make the mistake of using history to try and predict the future where it's a great guide, but it certainly isn't a great predictor all the time. Um, and I think in investing, the same thing is is happening where everyone's looking for the next Facebook. Well, it's already happened. And everyone's looking for the next, you know, big software, the next Uber, the next Airbnb. Well, those have already happened. And, and I think the trend that you can see from all of that, though, is Facebook was all about in the cloud and building that social network. But and then Uber and Airbnb, I mean, the, the greatest inventory of rooms in the world now, hotel rooms is Airbnb, and they don't own a single property and, and Uber, same thing. They own the most cars, but don't own any of them. And if you can kind of see the trend is software has made a, a great leap, but now it's starting to go into old traditional industries. And I think if, if anyone's thinking about whether to start a company or if you're an angel investor, what to invest in next, to start looking at those industries that have not yet been disrupted by technology and, and see which ones that you, you know about. And that when you do the due diligence, you're not going to get bored because you're actually interested in the topic. I think that's you know, don't start a business or don't invest in a business as an angel that you don't like. You don't, I think that it'll be a, a hard experience. And, you know, reading Elon Musk's book recently, um, it was amazing to see someone uh, disrupt something such a, such a boring thing as a car, you know, and, and I think to start looking for those industries that have not been touched by technology yet, but will be is, is, the, is the big uh, lesson here. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, here here in the UK, I mean, in London, obviously, finance, you can just start to feel that finance being started uh, to being hit, you know, healthcare, you have other stuff, you're right. But I, what I really I like what you, about what you just said is that you cannot tell the future. I mean, even founders themselves can, if you, if you look at one of the recent success stories, at least in terms of funding, Slack, Slack was started as a communication tool within a company called Tiny Deck because they wanted, Tiny Spec, sorry, because they wanted to, uh, they were, as an online gaming, they, they, even themselves had no idea what they were doing, right? They were not preparing, uh, disrupting the messaging, enterprise messaging tool. They were not even thinking of themselves. So even if you had met them, they would not have told you that they weren't doing that. So this is why coming back to what I said very early in the show, I think people is also what matters. Of course, the ID matters. But at the end of the day, sometimes you see what they, what they call pivot when you have like this idea, and then suddenly you realize, oh, it's much bigger than I thought. It's like, I've started doing this, but I have to realize the problem is not here, but it's there. So I'm moving. So if you don't trust the people, to actually come up with that, like, you know, I've, I've had companies that came to me and said, okay, Paul, you invested about, you know, six months later, we realized that we were going nowhere and this is what we're going to do. And you have to trust the people at that point. Maybe I don't like the new idea, but I said, you know what, go with it because I think you made your research. I, I, you know, so this is where, and the other thing is timing uh, because you said uh, there was this great, it was really amazing to read uh, the founder of Airbnb write a post, a blog post on Medium uh, and I'll send you guys the link where he actually uh, shared seven rejection rejection he got from VCs because people were like, it's too early, but it's not that the VCs were dumb. Maybe some of them were, but it was because it might have been too early. It might have been not the right. I mean, when I, the, the startup I was at in 1999, 1998, 1999, we're doing mobile delivery content. So of course, when I say that nowadays, people are like, oh, you're a pioneer. No, we're not a pioneer, we're dumb. Because there were like, maybe what, 20,000 people in the world actually accessing the internet through the mobile phone. So we had no market. So it was time, and the same stuff maybe uh, 10 years later would have worked. We didn't do it, so uh, it's only uh, it's only now a fun story, an anecdote to share, but timing is also very inter- very important. Something that might that might sound completely foolish today, uh, today might be completely logical in three or the opposite so it's uh that's why i don't think we can read the future and that's why we have to rely on people but i think i interrupted ivani wanted to say something no i mean basically basically um tying it together with with the points that were mentioned a little bit earlier about having access uh to 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 interesting or knowledgeable people that can guide these these uh, startups uh, or these people that might have a, a very uh, high level of techn- technological or technical uh um, capabilities but lack the business acumen and the experience to actually try these this these new things uh, I mean one of the things that I've noticed is uh, connected with what we were talking before about about uh, having access to money but not necessarily to guidance is when 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 you have startups that you know from the technological point of view they are doing great they have great coding great engineer skills but they have no idea what's their I don't know what's their their, their business model or they have no idea how to do market research and then you find out that they They've been they've been founded by you know a pseudo VC for the last six months seven months dumping money on them but not really helping them to to develop the business so so I think that's 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 really important for 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 uh, people 
trying to understand that uh, if you want to grow and if you want to develop a solid business, you really need to focus on developing those business skills. And if you don't have them, look for them. Again, go back into the ecosystem, look for, for mentors, look for people that can help you out. Because again, at the end of the day, the technological uh, wizardry is not going to get you anywhere if you are not able to sell your idea and to really, really show what's the value that you are doing. Yeah, and although I don't want to mention any names because it's, it's inappropriate, the, the have been people wandering around the ecosystem here in here, here in Central Europe who've given thoroughly bad advice and taken advantage of the inexperience of some young entrepreneurs by you know signing up very very not I don't know if you've come across the idea of a zombie stock which is self self replicating stock so that you know some angel sort of so called angel who doesn't have very much money signs himself into a situation where basically you know any stock he gets replicates automatically in, in any future investment round even if he's doing nothing and and, and in this case it was a he or just like you know getting people to sign deals with such strong confidentiality in it the, the non-disclosure that the the, the poor uh, innocent entrepreneur is is unable to take external advice on the deal because he's promised he won't talk to anyone about it and it's, it's so I, I think that you need to take your due diligence it's very important to find very important to find your find your mentors and your advisors but also but this is but sorry to, i was just going to add something and this is why guys like you are important because we say that because we know it but when you are either early when you started angel investing if i talk the investing side if we just started for your first startups you don't know what the bad people and the good people the good ideas and the bad ideas of good deals and the bad deals you have no idea so this is what uh, the Valley has been able to do, of course, Boston, Boulder, some cities, because they've introduced like this, it's like a, almost a, a curriculum. It's not a curriculum as if you sit down and listen to teachers, but you go, you meet with the community constantly and people tell each other, okay, no, this is not the way to do it. And actually, that's something that I can see, you know, uh, people in Poland, uh, and I'm sorry because it, uh, I don't want to make it a stereotype, but people can be very reserved. Uh, and I, I, it's not only Poland, I, it, can, it, it always uh, throws back to edu the, education, the education model. In, in, in countries where when you were at school and you were supposed to listen to the teacher and not interact too much with it, you still have that kind of same feeling in terms of approaching people. And I always say to people in Poland and other in Eastern Europe, Japan is even worse for that. Come, talk, ask. You know, most people, if you just ask a question, they will answer. They will come to you, Richard, and just you will answer because if you kind if you kindly ask a question, they will. But if you never ask, then you don't have the information. And then you actually make those mistakes, and then you have maybe you're maybe sour and say, "Oh, the VCs are crap." No, it's not true. There are great VCs, there are great mentors, there are great advisors, etc. But you have so I think your role, guys, is that's that's what I like. That's why also I was very glad, we were very glad to be invited on this show. Is that your role is as well to kind of tell that to even if I'm not doing a startup, I just want to show up at an event like oh, you just mentioned Open Coffee. I've never been to them, but like I'm young and I, I just want to learn just what's going on, I, I can feel that. I know this exists. Otherwise, it's just an unknown unknown. I don't know what happens. And then I fail because I've been screwed over by someone. And there are people, and there will always be. There are very bad apples in the in the valley as well. It's not as if they're immune to that. But the the, the ecosystem makes it as, as like a, acts like as a vaccine because people with the more information, more sharing information, they talk to each other and they say, okay, avoid this type of deals because they're bad for you. Okay, fine. This is how it goes. And this is what you should... 
ecosystems become mature where that happens. Okay, so that's two. I mean, we're, we're moving to our last few minutes here. One message that clearly has come through very clearly from what you've just said is don't be afraid to ask. And also, um, within reason, don't be afraid to fail. That you know, If you want to succeed, you have to risk failure. Although I think this idea of failing fast, failing often, it's very important to take failure that you can cope with because you know going bankrupt um, is a very unpleasant experience. So I'm, I'm not a sort of like, shut your eyes, don't, don't do, don't <laughs> do dumb stuff. But if you think of other things from your digital loop perspectives, um, uh, Paul and even like if the, if you imagine some you know fifteen twenty five doesn't matter fifty seventy five year old listening on some distant part of the planet it could be Venezuela it could be we have listeners in Vietnam what do you think that's, a, that's our third most popular country Richard three hundred thirty seven downloads from Vietnam right, okay wow. well, okay so to, what, what message do you have to our Vietnamese listeners about about the about the and, the, and but it could be obviously for everyone um, huge I'm, startup scene in Vietnam by yeah, the way I mean there's a seventy million people country and there are many many of the entrepreneurs um, from came here in the communist time when Vietnam was part of the, the, the sort of the Soviet-dominated world, and uh, they stayed on as students, say for probably the same reason <laughs> as even although I'm just guessing. Uh, um, but I'm, but I, I would say, you know, what 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 is the message about this region that you think is worth underlining? Great engineers, don't be afraid to fail, don't be afraid to ask. Is there anything else that you think is important? I think that something that is really, really important, and this is a piece of advice that I always share with 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 uh, many many startups and many entrepreneurs that I've been advising, is the fact that in in nowadays is really important to think big uh, and to not limit yourself. Today, the barriers to to have access to different markets and the, the opportunities that appear somewhere else at a regional or even global level are, are really, really, really low. So the fact that you might be in Vietnam or you might be in Chile or you might be in Mexico, uh, you have today, thanks to these advances in technology, the opportunity to reach out people in completely different uh, uh, areas or regions of the world. So uh, don't don't limit yourself. Yes, maybe if you are starting, maybe you want to start doing your, creating your your, your, your business or your application or whatever it is you are doing at a smaller level and, ask, and, and, and gradually start growing. But don't limit yourself just to doing one small thing for one small market because that's all you, because you limit yourself. Uh, one of the things that I always say is that the level of quality uh, of the of the programming uh, and the level of talent that we have here in Poland in, and in the whole Central Eastern European region. I mean, I had the opportunity to to travel and, and to work with companies in, in Bulgaria, in Montenegro, in, in Romania. When you see the level of, of, of technology and the level of quality of work that is done in this region, it's comparable to what is being done in, in I don't know, in London or, or New York or, or whatever else, or, or anywhere else. Uh, the, the level of quality is there. Now we just need to go for it. And, and you know, as you mentioned, the, the companies that you've been mentioning in the past, Estimote, Seed Labs, uh, UXP, and Brainly, these are companies that are going global. These are companies that are, are, are having a lot of success because they are thinking big. So regardless where you are, think big, have a good plan, and, 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 and go for it. And again, as, as, as Paul said, it, ship it have this sense of urgency, keep moving forward, and, and, and don't be afraid to ask. Well, what's, what's, what's your final message to, the, to the, the listener in Vietnam or the Philippines or, or Tokyo for that matter? 
uh, don't overthink. Uh, the most, the thing I, 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 I see the most at the beginning is people come up with it and you said, yeah, but what about this and that and this? Oh, and I've seen that three other companies are doing this. I'm like, so what? Uh, I'm, I'm not saying like do a search engine because maybe Google, unless you're really doing something amazing because Google is there, but don't overthink. I think a lot of very successful entrepreneurs are people that, of course, they think strategically, they think like the big ideas, like Ivan just said, the urgency, et cetera, but stop overthinking. And I think we have a problem, not a problem, it's because too much of a word, but don't spend your day on Facebook reading about everything and go on TechCrunch reading about every single piece of, of news because then you have, you create yourself, you put yourself into an egg and you don't think you can actually break, break through the, the shell. Don't overthink. Just if you have a, a, an idea is good, talk obviously, go to open coffees like you mentioned, go listen to, to, your, to your podcast. But at one point, stop thinking and just do it. I mean, keep thinking, I think you become dumb, but stop because I see way too many people, especially in emerging markets, because maybe they think that they're not able because in an emerging market, they're like, yeah, but this and that, and this don't overthink. And I'd say, as, as, I'd add, add a sort of a codicil to that, that uh, I'd say it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what the investors think, it yeah. matters what the yeah. users think and the clients think. Like, I agree. And, and, if you, and you just go to your idea to your potential clients, and if they tell you it's a terrible idea, just say, thank you, I really appreciate it. Why exactly? Well, you know, and like, regard that as, that's market research. Go out and talk to the users because what they think does matter. What I, what I think really, and I always say to people, you know, you don't, don't go for my money. You don't need my money. You don't, just go and talk to users. If you've got users, then, then talk to people about money. And, and Sam, do you, do you want to wrap this? Because I'm, I'm really getting to, to the end. <laughs> Rich, Richard has spent, he's, he's spent. No, I know you have a meeting, Richard. Well, finally, I, I'd just like to summarize this uh, for, the, for the listener. Uh, great insights uh, at the beginning from Paul and uh, Yvonne. And, and just a discussion from us on, on podcasting. It's, there's two different models. There's a full production model, which, which we've done on this show to, to get started. But, but really the model I think everyone here in Poland should be looking towards is what Yvonne and Paul did, which is just, just ship the product, just get something out there. The only bottom line that you really have is, is quality of content. People will tolerate other things being less than perfect, but you just need an idea and you need to speak to people and, and solve their problems with your content. And then, you know, moving on to the uh, discussion on angel investors, it was really uh, a great conversation um, from people at all different levels of the game, uh, from people like myself who are, who are still in that startup, well, post-startup phase, uh, looking for the next place, and people who've made multiple angel investments like Paul and Richard and Yvonne. So uh, thanks again, uh, Paul and Yvonne, for uh, joining us from Digital Loop. I look forward to sharing uh, your, your show with our listeners. And uh, uh, thanks again, finally, Project Kajmej listener, uh, for taking the time to invest in your education. Uh, it's going to be uh, how you spend your time, uh, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And I think this is uh, definitely going to be uh, helpful for you uh, in your journey as a, as a business owner or executive or someone who'd like to move into the uh, uh, entrepreneurial space in Eastern Europe and specifically Poland. So. Uh, until next time, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you on the next show. Yeah, and as, 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 as Johnny Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire sometimes says, we'll see you on the flip side, which I don't know what it means, but that's what we'll do. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Thank you for showing your support for innovation in Europe. Tell other innovators about the entrepreneurial movement by leaving a review in iTunes. 
For detailed show notes and community updates, visit projectkazimierz.com.